welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Peaceful Ease podcast. I'm Mario Pereca and I'm here with Ela Crane. And I want to remind everyone right off the top to visit Ela at peacefulease.com and also join the conversation, send us an email, hello at peacefulease.com and be part of this whole project that is going on here that has been so much fun over the past four and now fifth episode. And one of the things that we've talked about in the first four episodes, Ela, and it's come up sporadically throughout our conversations, is being present and being in the present moment. And I think a lot of people think about being in the present moment, and a lot of people know that I should, quote unquote, be more present or be more in the moment. But thinking it and actually doing it are two different things. And we don't really think about just thinking about it's not enough. We don't think about what's it costing us to not be in the present moment. And so it was a fascinating conversation that you and I had as we were recording these episodes. So I kind of want to just open the floor up and let you kind of dive back into what we were talking about because it's so fascinating. Yeah, thank you, Mario. It's funny because being present is sounds very simple and it can be very easy. You just talk and really look around to see where you are and what everything, what's happening around you and then feel how you're feeling, feel your heartbeat, put your hand on your chest and then feel your feet on the floor and your hands wherever they are. It can be that simple, yet we have so many ideas about being present that it becomes complicated. Like many people say they can't meditate because they have all these thoughts coming up But that is being present. All those thoughts are coming up presently. So there's nothing wrong with them. It's like we wouldn't complain. We wouldn't try to stop our eyes from seeing or our ears from hearing. Yet we want to stop our brain from thinking. It's function. It's doing its job, which is fine. So I was thinking a lot about how can I pass on this message that whatever you're feeling or you're thinking is fine, it's happening. And as long as you hear that and feel those feelings, you are being present. As long as you look around without perceiving what you think is there, but really perceiving what's there, you're present. But then it's such a fine line, no? Like how do you know when you're looking at something and perceiving what it is rather than your own thoughts. So let me give you an example. You come home from work and you just like drop your bag there and just like phone there, keys there. And you just, 
you look around, but you don't really see things because you know where the sofa is, where the table is. If someone came to your house and changed everything, you will notice and then you will be present. You will just perceive the new kind of layout. But when everything is the same or when we think it's the same, we just stop observing. And actually, there, there is a beautiful uh, <laughs> Short story by Philip K. Dick, whom I admire. I think I read everything by him. It's called The Adjustment Team. And it's turned into a movie. Maybe you've seen the movie, The Adjustment Bureau, with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. And there were these beings that changes, make adjustments to people's life. They will just like come in and they had the power to kind of put you in a kind of state where you don't move or you don't remember anything, you're just like frozen and they will change things in your life. Make sure that you bump into that person, not this person kind of thing. And I sometimes laugh because if that was true, we wouldn't have noticed it because we are so much in our heads. And for me, the entire journey has been personally moving from my head to my heart where all the wisdom and the peace and the compassion is. And so... The cost of not being present is seeing your own perceptions and judgments of your environment and of your friends, family and loved ones. And this could be a big cost because relationships are ruined this way. People start seeing things in the other that are not true anymore. So if there are patterns, for example, if your partner, wife, husband followed, maybe doesn't do it anymore, like always doing this and always doing that and always exaggerating, then you say, oh, you always do that without really checking if it's still true. And what happens, things accumulate in the relationship this way. Two people stop seeing each other for who they are, but they start seeing their own ideas of each other. And then it becomes this relationship where you are fighting against your ideas of the other person. And then there's no more connection there. And even though there could be love, things are not moving. And then you get the sense of being stuck because you think, in essence, I love this person. Or in essence... This is the person whom I want to work with. But he keeps doing this, he keeps doing that. And I think that's a big cost because we lose loved one over these perceptions that we choose instead of the reality. And that word but that you said there is super important because anytime you say but, it pretty much negates everything you just said. So you can say, I love that person, but... So it's like, I want to love that person, but because this is happening, and that may or may not even be happening, it's what you perceive to be happening, or what you believe to be happening, it makes a big difference. And that but is so crucial and sneaky, because that but means that the things are not unconditional. Yeah, it is sneaky. And especially in relationships, we are supposed to love each other unconditionally like for who we are, but again, but we don't do that because we don't know how to do that because no one 
has done that to us in the first place. Even our parents raise us in a way that we say, good girl, if you do this, I buy you that. If you do that, if you behave like this, if you, I don't know, like pass this exam, then you get this and that. So we feel that in order to be loved and cared and taken care, we have to do something or achieve something, accomplish something. And this continues to our adulthood. And then we are in the circle of running after conditional circumstances rather than offering each other unconditional acceptance and love. I think in a future episode going on this pattern, we need to talk about, if you're okay with this, the different levels of love. Because I heard a Catholic priest talk about this at one point, and it was really amazing the way he explained it. And just two of the things really quickly that stuck out are, he says, usually love starts with, I love you because. And so it starts off with, you know, you have reasons why you love someone. But then over time, as you get older and as that love grows, it should grow into a place of, I love you in spite of. And so when you get to that place where it's like, yes, you can do all these things and some of those things make me angry and some of those things I don't agree with, but, and there's that, but I still love you because I love you, period. And that's the progression that, you know, it goes from. You don't have to do anything at that point to be loved and you don't lose the love because it's just gets to that point. And I think being in the present moment with someone and growing together takes you to that place. And I think... A lot of parental love is that way, but you're right. They put conditions on it in your own mind, so it's that psychological thing. But of course, even if you don't pass the test, they're still going to love you, Sure, right? Even if you don't eat your vegetables, they're still going to love <laughs> you. So it's still there, but it's the perception, mm-hmm. like you said. And as we get older, it becomes more evident because we go through the same experiences that our parents were in when the roles are reversed – and we get to see that, then it becomes more evident. And I think that's why, you know, when teenagers are teenagers, there can be that rift. But then when they're older and the parents are elderly, it changes. And then you wish you could go back and be more present and more knowing in the, at that time. So I think that love is just a real topic. And the progression of love is something super important for people to understand. Because if you get that, if you know where it crosses over and how to always be in the moment and look at, you know, number one, it starts with what can I love about this person? But then it progresses to I love this person because, and then it progresses to I love this person. Despite. In spite of, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so it is possible though. Like I experience and still do unconditional love from my teachers. I've been very lucky. I've met people who support me no matter what. I don't have to do anything for them. I don't even sometimes listen to them, even though they say, like, what would you like to do, Ela? I'm like, this. What do you need to do for that? This and that. Are you willing to do it? Yes. Then I go away. I come back. Did you do that, Ela? No. (laughs) I'm just a human. I'm not perfect. And yet I never feel a kind of rejection or any understanding look or anything just a smile saying repeat the same question what would you like to do this what do you need to do for that 
this and that. Are you ready to do it? Yes. <laughs> and then I come back. Did you do it? Halfway. <laughs> and this reminds me of a poem, which I will share maybe in the next episodes. But what I learned from that experience is that this is unconditional. I don't need to be anyone or need to do anything, even the things I want to do for myself, which are good for myself, in order to be loved. I don't need to do any of it. And my teachers are there like a safe harbor, just open and accepting. And they accept where I am today. They are not after a golden image of me or they are not telling me that I should be better. They are not after how I will be maybe in 10 years. They really see me for who I am. And this, I bring it to my practice. When I coach people, it's like a religious experience for me because that's when I can be unconditional love for them. And if I can get them feel that, they will take the seeds and grow their own versions of it. And that's what I like to create. And this will be a ripple effect because every person I can touch with that unconditional love and acceptance, that person will touch another one and that person will touch yet another one. That's powerful because I would be willing to bet, and correct me if I'm wrong, that not all of your clients have experienced that in their life. So far, I haven't met anyone who came to me with this kind of love I'm talking about. And so far, I'm the first one they see, huh, okay, this is what I have in me. This is what I can share. Yeah. And that's a profound experience in and of itself. So, I mean, everything else that you give them on top of that from your insight and your wisdom and your knowledge, it'll be more widely received and applied, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, just getting that love and that acceptance from the beginning, that can make a huge impact in and of itself. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't learn from what people tell us. We learn from the way people are. So if you can love yourself unconditionally, you will inspire so many people because they will sense that in you. And it's the same with kids. So if you don't love yourself, if you're giving yourself hard time, but you try to teach your children how to love themselves, it's never going to work out because they will see what's in you and get that. One of the best compliments I've ever gotten, and it sounds funny to say this, but I'll share because I've never shared this. But one of the best compliments I've ever gotten I was outside, this was probably a little over a year ago at the time of this recording. I was outside walking my puppy and a new neighbor moved in and he had a puppy and we met and just started talking, didn't know each first time we ever met. And he was watching the two puppies play and he was like, you know, sometimes you just meet a puppy or you see a dog and you can just tell that they know that they're loved and they just act like that. And that was a compliment to me. I took it that way anyway, because he is, our puppy is like our baby. So he's spoiled rotten, of course, as they should be. <laughs> but he does like the way he, because I've been around many animals and I think animals have that innocence of a child, right? It's very similar, not exactly the same, but very similar. And when an animal is loved and they know that and they're comfortable with that, 
they do show up differently with interactions with other animals and people and the way they just carry themselves and trot around and such. So that was a really good example in my life of something that was one of the probably best compliments I've ever received. And we've all received really high compliments, but it's those little ones I think that mean the most. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like it was coming straight from the heart. Yeah. Whoever told you that. Yeah. yeah. So I would like to leave our listeners with a practice. And uh, this is something I do during my workshops. And it's kind of funny. You need a partner for this. It could be your business partner, a friend or your wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, or your child. You just like go into a quiet place. You don't need music. You don't need anything. Just like a natural environment where you can focus on each other and set a timer, five minutes, which is going to be a long time, where you look at each other. And let me tell you, it's going to feel very awkward at the beginning. It always does. And people blush. They laugh. They're like, oh, my God, can I look at your watch instead of your eyes? And it can happen. It's fine. But bring your awareness. Bring your eyes back to the other person's eyes. And just be with each other. No talking. If you need to laugh, laugh. If you need to cry, cry. If you're blushing, fine. Everything is welcome. Again, going back to the last episode, be a guest house and everything is welcome and be present with each other and with yourself for five minutes. And this way you can practice presence. It doesn't need to be a solitary meditation experience and you will change your relationship because this practice will update your files, your perceptions about the other person being this way or that way. We are constantly changing, and sometimes our files are not updated. You still remember the old days. And if you keep doing this, maybe twice a week, just five minutes with the other person, you will start seeing different things. And it will really impact your relationship in a good way, a positive way, and create a very deep connection because you would be seeing each other for who you are currently and presently. Brilliant. That's a great exercise. And everyone needs to at least give it a shot. Be open to trying it. Go do that. And as you do that, email us hello at peacefullease.com and let us know how that's gone, what you've uncovered, anything you want to share that you would like to talk about. Elo would love to hear from you and correspond with you. So do that and visit Elo at peacefullease.com. Of course, Elo, thank you so much. These are always so much fun to do together. You're welcome. And I look forward to hearing from everyone. Thank you, Mario. For Elo Crane, I'm Mario Pareca, and we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.